So, Michelle. So, David. Right, okay. Now, strap yourself in. This is going to be a really, really spy tech heavy kind of episode. I know. I have no idea what this is about. Oh, no, 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 no. You, you do. You, you've heard kind of the place before. This kind little, of. This yes. This little out of the way place we like to call. Pine, Pine Gap. Gap. It's been alleged that Pine Gap is kind of involved in what's going on in Israel. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Allegedly, allegedly. So I thought, oh, hang on. And by the way, Peter Croner, the journalist, wrote a great article about it. And that's what made me go, you know what? what? Let's have a look at Pine Gap. Let's do it. You're listening to I Spied, the remote viewer of Australian intelligence. I can see through your bathroom window from here. Wait, what? I can see through your bathroom window. What are window. you looking? I'm, you're here, so I was you're not looking. Oh, my God, who's that? Wait, who is that? Oh, my God. Whoa, hang on a minute. Whoa. You sure that's my house? Oh, no, it's mine. Oh, okay. it's my wife. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I think I've seen too much. Got to go home. Hello and welcome to I Spied. My name is Michelle Stevenson. I'm here with David Callan. Now today, I'm going to let David take the reins because I literally, he kind of said Pine wait, Gap. Wait, wait, and wait, what, what, what? You're going to let me take the reins? No, 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 not fully. This horse is going to run away. No, I'm still on the car. Yeah, cool. good, good, yeah, good, yeah, good, yeah. good, 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 good. Put your hand on the brake. Yeah, someone needs to pull that handbrake when it's necessary. Yeah, you're riding shotgun and the shotgun's pointed at me. Yes. Okay, so Pine Gap. Yes. Now, we all know about Pine Gap. There was a TV series made about yeah. it uh, by the ABC and... It was okay. <laughs> okay. Right. Um, That's code word for bad. Look, it's very difficult for me to watch anything to do with intelligence, mainly because I sit there and my wife hates pulling it, it apart, pulling it's like it going, apart. Yeah, that would never happen. Right. Yep. And my wife would go, "Can you please shut up and leave me to my stories?" Now, Pine Gap, also known as the Joint Defence Facility, Pine Gap, it's a joint venture. Yeah. Uh, I love it, a joint venture. A joint venture, joint venture between the CIA, the NSA, the NRO, which is the National Reconnaissance Organization or National Reconnaissance Office, mm. and on the Australian side, it'd have the Australian Signals Directorate. It would have probably ASIS, ASIO would be out there, and of course, Defence Intelligence Organization. Basically, it's a massive grid of radomes and radar dishes and mm-hmm. satellite uplinks and antennas. Now, it started out back in 1966. It was called the Joint Space Research Facility. Ooh. Yeah. So the Americans and the Australians signed an agreement saying we should put something out near Alice Springs. That's where it is in the McDonnell Ranges outside Alice Springs. It's about 27 kilometres. Yep. Right, outside Alice Springs. And what they wanted to do was monitor military activity in Russia, China, India, Pakistan, Korea, Japan, and also monitor nuclear testing and you know make sure that arms control agreements mm. were being verified and everything was doing Especially when stuff. nuclear testing is kind of happening in our backyard. Well, yeah, that's kind of interesting. It's like, bang. One went off just down the road yeah. at Woomera. Now, that was actually, I think we'd finished up with Woomera by then. That was the 50s. But And the French. Let's not forget the French. The French out. Well, that's the thing. Now, we were looking at everyone, what the mm. Russians were doing, what was going on in China, what was going on in the Pacific with the French. Now, it started out with two antenna radomes, mm-hmm. right? So radomes, antennas, it had two. Now it has 38 Wow. Now, the thing is, its role has changed. It went from being this thing to make sure that if some, and also it was an early warning system for missile launches. Mm. So they were looking at telemetry of ballistic missiles, that sort of thing. Telemetry. Telemetry. Great word. I love it. That's a great word. What is that word? Telemetry is basically the data of a traveling object. Okay. One of the things a friend of mine was 
going to join Signals Directorate. And she, I just kept like going, it's all in the telemetry. She's like, what? It's like, it's all in the telemetry. Telemetry is one of those words that if someone's going on stage or if I was going on TV, you would you would dare them to put it in a sentence. Yeah, yeah, telemetry. I'd never play that game with me. I'm really, really good at it. <laughs> I'm, I've been, I've been uh, tested with that game on yeah, television yeah. quite a few times. I'm exceptionally good. Someone actually asked me to put vast deference in a way um, – in a sentence, okay. uh, in public. Great. Right. Now, we know what a vast deference is, don't yes. we? Yes. Yeah, we do, yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, look it up. Yep. Anyway, of course, I got up and went- Don't Google image, though. I just went, it makes a vast deference to your life. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, getting yes. back to Pine Gap. So that was back in 1966. That was the proposal. Yep. It was up and running by 1970. Now, it's been an exceptionally controversial place. There was actually, I remember I was working for ASIO at the time, and I'll be honest, there was a file labeled Pine Gap, and it may have come across my desk. I will not talk about what I read in it because I really basically didn't pay much attention. Um, so just, I, tell, just tell me off air. I'll tell you off air. Right, and then we'll have to kill you. Yes. And me. Right, so anyway, what happened was while I was working at ASIO, Bob Hawke, as Prime Minister, had, had said, mm. I'm thinking of closing it down. I'm going to close down Pine Gap because, you know, particularly the left, they didn't like Pine Gap. Why? Because it was a spy place. It was where spies did spy oh, things. The left are funny, aren't oh, they? They people. don't even understand. They don't understand. Well, the thing is there was – so Bob was invited by the US government to go out to Pine Gap yes. and have a look. Yes, of course. And then he came out white as a sheet. And, and said, we're, we're keeping it. Yeah, well, yeah. The thing is, it's a linchpin in the US military network, okay? So it has a sister site. Its sister site, well, it probably has two sister sites, but the third sister site will be in the United States and no one knows what that is. But, well, someone does. But the other one is called Men With Hill. It's in the UK. Now, the thing is, Pine Gap's role has evolved. It's yep. gone, particularly there was another place called Narunga. Narunga was a ground relay station for satellite information. So anything a satellite had, it would fire down to Narunga and then it would get diffused or disseminated out from there. They closed Narunga down in 1999, I think okay. it was. That's when Pine Gap took over that role. Right. So it went from having two radomes slash antennas to 38. And some of the, like, there was one journalist, or actually a professor down at MIT in Melbourne, who basically went and sat in the McDonald Ranges with the biggest lens he could find mm. to take photos. And there's one radar dish, it looks like, but it looks like a half pipe for a skate park. Yeah. It's like a multiphasic thousand, you know, thousand upon thousand broadband sort of antenna to pick up signals. A lot of what we're picking up is SIGINT. It was all about detecting missiles yep. and making sure everyone was doing the right thing. It's now gone from being strategic intelligence to real-time battlefield intelligence, right? So it supports military operations, the US military operations around the place, ground relay station of satellite, at least four Orion advanced spy sats and maybe one or two of what are called KH-11s, keyhole satellites. Mm. We'll talk about those in a minute. A lot of signal inter interception and, of course, it's quite prominent in drone strikes, particularly targeting. Right. Right. Now, one of the things they do with a lot of the SIGINT they're getting in is they're tracking telephones. And interestingly enough, we're part of the Five Eyes organisation and one of the things that a lot of people say about Five Eyes is Five Eyes have this habit of spying on each other. Yes, on behalf of each other. So, you know, Canada can't spy on their own citizens for the following reasons. Therefore, right. we'll do it. Well, Canada won't spy on anyone because they're a super lady. So anyway. Which is part of the problem. Yeah. Now, one of the interesting things is when you go to spy satellites, now, I love it. When you watch it in a movie, of course, a spy satellite, it will read, you know, the monogram on someone's pen mm. or it will read a letter through a window. No, 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 no
right? It doesn't okay. have that ability. Actually, Donald Trump. Thanks, Donald. Donald Trump was the guy who revealed just how good our spy satellites are. There was a launch, a rocket launch in Iran that went terribly wrong in 2019. And Donald Trump could not resist tweeting the, photo- the photographs from it. Oh, really? Yeah, he tweeted the photographs. And from the photographs that were tweeted, and they were satellite photos, they worked out, like a couple of astronomers went, okay, so that was, the satellite was 398 kilometres off the plane of that site, that launch site. So they went, okay, it must have been in this position in the sky, 60,000 kilometres up, because that's about how far these things are out, anywhere from 30,000 to 60,000 kilometres. And it was pointing, like they went, okay, it must be, Let's check what satellites are up there. It's that one. It's the KH-11, and its name is actually US-224. Like, wait a minute, it's US-224. And there's Donald Trump going, how did you know that? It's like, because He's you such sh- an idiot. Yeah, but also um, a commercial satellite taking photos of the Earth. So Google Earth. It is limited to a resolution of 25 centimetres. Right. Now, that, that sounds pretty detailed, but put it this way, 25 centimetres, you'll get a picture of an iPad, but you'll never be able to read what's on the screen. Yeah, it's not too detailed because whenever you zoom in, it like kind of starts to lose it. It just gets grainy. Yeah, yeah. Right. A spy satellite is anywhere from five to 10 centimetres resolution. Right. So that's getting a lot tighter. Yes. Now, it's still not a human face. It's still not going to give you good resolution on a human face. So with all of these drone strikes and missile strikes that we have against, say, Al-Qaeda or ISIS targets, how do we know we're getting that guy? How do we know? We know because of the ELINT, the electronic intelligence or the signal intelligence okay. we're getting, because we know it's his phone. Uh, now, this is the thing that they've, they've sort of has come out, and part of it is because of what Donald Trump revealed in 2019. And he's a got lo- a big mouth. And a lot of it's got to do – there's a lot about to Trump mm. there, but a lot of it's to do with Snowden. Right. Is basically – and a lot of people working in the industry have gone, yeah, well, that's pretty much what he said is true. We don't target the person. We target their Their phone, technology. Right. Because a phone's really easy to trace, and as long as we know that that's his phone or her phone – we can target that phone. Except if they forget their phone or leave it on a bus. Yeah, or their kid is playing, <laughs> you know, uh, what is it, Candy Crush. And yep. suddenly it, that candy gets really badly crushed. Yeah. Right. So the classic one was that drone strike they had on the Al-Qaeda leader in Kabul. Yes. Where he walked down onto the balcony yep. with his phone and the next thing a drone just went right through the middle of him. That was him. They knew because that phone had never gone anywhere else but with him, right? So this is what we're targeting now. We're not targeting people. Well, that makes absolute sense. We're targeting their tech, which makes it a lot easier. Now, all of this sort of stuff, basically Pine Gap breaks down into three sections. You've got satellite station keeping. It literally keeps the satellites in position because, as I Mm. said, 60,000 kilometres up, probably following an elliptic around the equator, these satellites – and there's – at the moment, we're pretty sure we've got three, maybe four satellites going through Pine Gap. Yeah. They're, and they're Orion advanced, right? So they're they're big. They're the biggest satellites we've got up there. They've got the dish. So there's a huge dish, like a radar dish, on the top of these things, or pointing down towards mm. the Earth. They're about a hundred meter, oh, hundred meters across. Can you please? Can I please just interrupt because there was this story this week that I yeah. found incredibly hilarious. Yeah that uh, one of the astronauts was going out to work on the outside of a satellite mm-hmm. and dropped his toolbox. Dropped his tool bag. And now it's circling the earth. Yeah, and you know what the problem with that is? Who knows what Where it's going to hit. land. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know, basically, just before they press the button to launch that drone, king, oh, we've lost signal. It's like, damn it, my yeah. toolbox. These satellites, so the Orion Advance mm. are – 
electronic and signal intelligence. Right. right. Now, the other one is the KH-11, which is the keyhole. They're the actual cameras. They're the big cameras. Now, bottom line is a KH-11 is about three metres wide and about 18 metres long. Right. It looks a lot like a Hubble telescope. And funnily enough, when the technicians were building the James Webb, which is the new Hubble telescope, for want of a better word, the new deep space telescope that we've got. Mm. And it doesn't orbit the Earth. It actually is in an orbit around the sun, right? But basically when they were building it, these astronomers are going, well, you've got to do that and you've got to do this and don't forget, no, my gosh, you know, I've got a pen protector and all that. You know, <laughs> doing all that sort of thing. And this technician turned around to one of the astronomers and went, shut up, mate. We know what we're doing. This is not our first rodeo. Yeah. And you, no, that can't be possible. No, that's not right because it's just the first time one of these has ever been built. <laughs> and the technician went, this is the first time one of these has ever been built for this purpose, right? So they have been building these. The first KH-11 went into the air in 1976. Right. Now, you might think, gee, that's really old technology. And in fact, with the KH-11s- I'm sure they've tweaked it. No. Well, here's the thing. They actually went, let's get a completely new system up there. Mm. They launched it in sort of the early 2000s. And it died. And it didn't work. Yeah. Right. Now, the KH-11's tried and true. It works. And we know it works. Yep. It's good quality kit. Right, And the thing is, they actually turn around to Lockheed Martin are the guys that produce them. They build them. They turn around and said, have you got any parts? Have you got any? It's called legacy technology. Mm. They went, can you build two more? We need these things and we need two more of them. Can you build them? And interestingly enough, then, of course, Congress freaked out because they went, they're going to – like one of these satellites purportedly was going to cost more than a, uh, an aircraft carrier. Yeah, well, I can imagine. Right. Now, don't forget, once it goes up there, there's not a lot you can do if something goes wrong. No. Of course, we had – when the Hubble telescope was first launched, there was a problem with its mirror, and they basically put a contact lens on it. They sent astronauts out to the Hubble telescope. Mm. They then had to open the telescope, put a, a new corrective lens on the mirror, then close it all up, and now the Hubble telescope works beautifully. Yeah. Right. With a spy satellite, the problem with spy satellites is you don't want – Anyone to know they're there? Well, not just – well, here's the thing. You can spot them. Yeah. You know, astronomers can spot them because they'll be looking up at a star, like a star cluster, and there is something that's moving around up there. It's generally going to be a spy satellite because they sit that far out. Now, the interesting thing about it is if you need that fixed, that means you've got to get an astronaut, you've got to put him on a shuttle or – and we don't have shuttles anymore – and get him to that satellite to repair it. So you want them to last. Yeah, because that that that's quite expensive. Well, at two bit, basically Lockheed brought them in at $2 billion, Ooh. which is a lot of money, but it's cheaper than an aircraft. Yeah, carrier. but then trying to fix that would cost a lot. Exactly. So like you, a house call to uh, to, a tel to one of those yeah. things is yeah. a lot of money. I'll call Ultratune. Yeah, no worries, mate. <laughs> What's he going? Yeah, no worries, mate. It's just your car is going. I'll fix it up for you, no worries. <laughs> just needs a new battery. Right, so this is the thing. We've yep. got this incredible technology. Now, Australia is heavily invested in this, right? Because we've got flat land well, here's and we're the very thing. far away. A couple of things that's really good. We're in a good position. Um, we're in an exceptionally good position because you can't have a like a signal spy ship, which we always see when we have, what is it, Talisman Sabre happening up in the yep. middle end. Um, the Chinese always have a spy ship outside. Well, good luck with that. We're in the middle of a continent that's yep. as large as the mainland USA. So good luck trying to get to that. You could fly over it, but we're going to know you're in our airspace pretty quickly. So you're not going to, we'll, you know, scramble a couple of 35s to mm. chase you off. You can float a balloon across. We'll just pop it. Yeah. Right. You know, it's, it's a really, really perfect spot. And also other than Alice Springs, there's not a lot of noise out that way. There's not a lot of light noise. There's not a lot of electronic noise. So because it's very like isolated, 
it's an absolutely perfect place to put it. Mm. Right, Medworth Hill is, I think, is northern England. I'm not sure. But again, it's a fairly isolated spot. But as isolated goes, it's only 20 minutes from Alice Springs. Now, here's the thing. It does put us on the radar for somebody that doesn't like us. In fact, one of the big problems and one of the reasons why people were protesting Mm. was, well, what happens if we go to war and Russia decides to nuke it? What happens? I don't know. They nuke it. Okay. Now, interestingly enough, a lot of studies have been done on this. They went, okay, what would they use? One, they wouldn't use their brightest and their best piece of tech. But would they even bother doing that? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. You okay, would like great. to knock that out because it means that... Are m- we far enough away from it that it, we won't be affected? Alice Springs is far away enough from it not to be affected. Okay, great. Right, so well, put it this fine. way. Knock it down. They would say they'd probably use a one megaton device, right, mm. which means that for five kilometres everything's obliterated. So they're not going to do like Hiroshima level? Mm, no, Hiroshima level is was only 20 kilotons, I think. One megaton's a big bomb. Oh, God. It's very big. It's it's an order of magnitude larger than what was dropped on Hiroshima or Nagasaki, right? That's, now, right, that's not ideal. No, it's not, and particularly if they do an airburst, they even they they've gone for ground detonation mm. and airburst. Either or, it's going to knock out all of the electronics. In, as we discussed last yes. week, it will knock out all the electronics in Alice Springs for sure, right? They're going, you're not going to get telly. Netflix is down. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Oops, there seems to be a problem with your internet connection. Can I turn it off and on again? Yeah, no, yeah. no, I Let's cannot. Let's just unplug and replug in yep. um, Alice Springs. That'll fix it. Now, the whole thing with it is because it's in the middle of the McDonald Ranges, mm. which again hides it from a lot of electronic noise coming out of, say, Alice Springs, those ranges will defend, will protect Alice Springs yes. from any fallout. And it just becomes, as most of these things are, just a question of which way the wind blows for fallout. And again, because it's in a range, it's going to probably isolate it. Yep. Is it a perfect thing? No. And is Alice Springs completely safe? Of course not. No. No. Right. But what's really interesting, it was a Kim Beasley when he left Parliament. He had been, of course, our defence minister for a long time, he basically turned around and said, yeah, it was put to cabinet. What happens if someone detonates a nuclear Yeah, well, I mean, they would have to, right? Well, basically the response was it's an acceptable risk. It is an acceptable risk. Considering considering what it does for Australia. Now, this is one of the things that we've always got to consider when it comes to stuff like, you know, when people say, well, why are we so in bed with America? Well, because we have access to all of this. Like up until 1980, Australia wasn't allowed in the analysis section, right? Mm. So there, as I said, there's three sections. You've got station keeping, signals processing, which would be the ground relay station. This is the thing that's flicking the intelligence that comes off the satellites out to where it needs to be. And then there was the analysis section. Australia wasn't allowed in there until 1980. I think they call it, what is it? The um, I think they call it the geobox or the geosand pit, Mm. where literally it's real-time battle data. This brings us back to Israel. We have the what well, I've seen a picture of it. I, I couldn't find it. I've, I've lost it in the myriad of tabs I've got open on my web browser. But essentially, there are three satellites. One sits over Asia, one sits over Central Russia, and one sits over the Middle East. And basically, that covers China, Southeast Asia, India, Pakistan. Russia, Mm. like central and western Russia or eastern Russia, and then the Middle East and a bit of Africa. Right now, Menworth Hill would be covering Europe, western Russia, and of course, the North Atlantic. So it's it's all about coverage. And then finally, I should imagine that the Pacific and the American continent itself would be covered by the United States. They have their station. I'm not sure where it is. It might be Vandenberg. It might be Canaveral. I'm not sure. But essentially, they've got these 
areas that we weren't allowed into. Mm. Australia has that access now. And because we have that access, it means we've got real-time data on what we would perceive as being our targets, our adversaries, our enemies. And we don't want to lose that because we cannot afford to do it ourselves. And with what's going on now, particularly, I mean, we've had the Ukraine-Russia stuff and now Israel and what's going on in that part of the world as well. How important is it for us to kind of have some skin in the game? Look, when you consider Pine Gap's role in American strategic and also battlefield tactics, Mm. the way it's that enmeshed and the fact that we have been an ally, a staunch ally of the United States since pretty much World War I and we've gone every single combat scenario they've gone into, like all-out war, Mm. we've gone with them, right? There has not been a war that Australia has not gone in if the US has gone in, right? So it's important to us because it puts us on the table. I think it also might explain why the current government is very much we want this to like when they the rhetoric that's coming out of the government at the moment about Israel is mm. very much like let's keep it you know let's keep it above board let's keep it clean let's not kill civilians and let's go for a ceasefire without actually supporting it because the Americans have this huge chunk of their military well, they haven't said let's go for a ceasefire well that they are going a ceasefire it's interesting I think I was watching Penny Wong on insiders on Sunday and she's basically going we would prefer if a ceasefire happened, but we're not going to push for it yeah. because our main ally is not pushing for it. Yeah, but also, I mean, not to get in the weeds here, but yeah. also Hamas is a terrorist organisation exactly. which will not stop. And then, you know, someone put this to me. They're like, well, you know, when it came to Afghanistan and Al-Qaeda, thousands and thousands of civilians died there, but no one questioned it. Yeah, yeah. But remember the civilians that were dying over there, like there was no Israel in that No, I know. I just equation? it's just it's just interesting because like you need to approach Hamas the same way you would approach ISIS or Al-Qaeda. Yeah. I yeah. oh, look I think the problem the like just to put Pine Gap on the back burner mm. just for a second. When it comes to Israel, the problem with Israel is it's an exceptionally contentious issue. Oh, it's so that contentious. is almost it's insurmountable. I, I don't know how we get around it. And particularly when you look at the mm. current government in Israel and their rhetoric, which is extremely yeah. like, conflict-based. And, and also the fact that every bit of information that comes out of that region is completely untrustworthy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Look, I don't know. Even Completely and the fact, untrustworthy. Yeah, we don't know what's going on over there. Yeah. But we do know what's going on over there in a sense because we yes. have all of this technology to that is it. literally soaking it up. The difference being... When it comes to the story the public's getting and the story the government's getting, they're two very different stories. Yes, because like even the American government came out and su- and supported kind of the IDF claims that they've been making about the tunnels under the hospitals. Yeah, and they're saying that what we've seen and according to our data, we can support those claims as well. Yeah. Now, and that would be data that's probably coming out of yes. somewhere like Pine Gap, yep. right? Now, this is the thing when you say how important is it to Australia? It's important because it. A, it mollifies one of our, uh, well, not one of our, our most important strategic Mm. ally, right? What does it do to Australia's position? It puts us in a bit of a precarious spot because, I mean, you can be guaranteed that the satellite data that's coming out of the South China Sea is coming through Pine Gap. Yeah. And if that's the case... China would be, you know, well within their rights, for want of a better word. To want to get rid of it. To want to go, yeah, well, that's the first thing we're going to wipe if war breaks out. Again, it comes but, down to but that. But I also think, isn't it, you know, just part of being a global superpower, knowing that you're going to be spied on? Yeah. 
Look, this is the, <laughs> it's like I it is what it is. Like, look at what they do to all of our technology. They they work hard to take it. Like they, you know, they reverse engineer it. Yeah, they reverse engineer it. There's yeah. like a lot going on with different countries. So I think everyone's just like all's fair. The thing that I find, well, no, all's fair in love and war, but yeah. unless you do it to me, then yeah. it's not fair, right? <laughs> and I think that's the real point we've got to get here. Is like, yes, it, it is contentious to have such a clinical an extremely important military asset sitting literally in the middle of our continent. But also, if we want to play at the big table, if we want to sit at the big table with yeah. the big kids, we, we need got to have, have the big toys. We've got to have skin in the game. Yeah. And this is the way Australia gets skin in the game. And also, it means our intelligence, our access to intelligence is that much better. Yeah. Now, interestingly enough, there is a couple of rooms in Pine Gap that Australians aren't allowed to go into. There's one that they they just don't talk about. And I think essentially it's going to be what we'd call a switching room where that's mm. where a lot of data gets basically distributed. The other one is the cryptographic room, right? Mm. The US have a cryptographic room. Of course they do. If they're using this thing to soak up other people's communications, you can almost be guaranteed it's being used to send communications out. In fact, Narunga was the, not only was a ground relay station, it was also a communication space for submarines. The way submarine tactics and strategy works, they don't need that anymore. But so and that's why Narunga was shut down mm. and everything was shifted over to Pine Gap. But if they need to communicate with the submarine, you're pretty sure it'll be coming out of somewhere like Pine Gap. Yeah. Right? So it's this linchpin in the American strategic network. And also it gives us a seat at the big table. Now, the other there's a second room that the Americans aren't allowed to go into. Oh, what's that one? Our cryptographic room. Oh. Now the thing is we do would we share cryptographic intelligence and cryptographic yes. knowledge with yes, of course we would, they're yep. our ally. But we'd still have our We've own. We've got to keep secrets. some cards to ourselves. Gotta keep our cards to our chase. Yeah. Right? That's the most important thing in intelligence is yeah, you're my friend. Or no, you're my ally. That doesn't mean you make you my friend. No. Right? And as much as we have the rhetoric as we stand staunchly by American, you know, if we get an angle on America in the intelligence world, we will take it. Of course. Like, hey, I slept with the CIA and they told me not to stop. I was like, okay, boys, but she's a bit crazy. She said stop, though. <laughs> yeah, no, actually, her boss said stop. Yeah, just look at Hot Tub Spy Machine if you're not sure what's going on there. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah, a sad it's an little, assault on the ears. It's a sad little episode of a sad <laughs> little man doing sad little things. Yeah. Why do I keep saying shit little? It's not it's, good for my personality. No, it's not. <laughs> you need to go to therapy. So, right. Um, yes. Bottom line. Is Pine Gap being used uh, for the Israel? Nefariously. It is. It's, it will of be course. used to support Israel battlefield tactics, right? Sorry, it just will. And are we going to stop? No. Because no. it's not us that's sending the intelligence out. It's the Americans, right? They've committed to what's going on in Israel wholeheartedly. We're just along for the ride. Literally, that cart we're on, yep. if it was America and Australia, Australia's got the shotgun and it's pointing out. Yes, right? because America's everything driving. that America puts its grubby little hands into always works out so well. Ah, yeah. Oh, now that was the other thing. Yes. It's, and you will not like this. It's also Pine Gap is instrumental in drone strikes. Um, Look, I mean, we can't say unmanned anymore. So. No. no yeah, well, they are unmanned in that when they hit, there's no one on them. But I mean, when you no, look. No, we're not allowed to say unmanned anymore. Oh. The uh, Autonomous. Autonomous. They had to, they actually literally had to strike that, the usage out. Unpersoned. Unpersoned, unpeopled. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, here's the interesting thing about that is America sort of developed this long range drone strike capability. Mm. 
if you look at what's going on in the Ukraine, and if you go onto Reddit, it's the Reddit combat footage Reddit. I love that you're it, so deep into this. It what what it is, it gets to the point where you just like I yeah. can't watch this anymore because it is literally they are using drones to take out people one at a time. It's insane. It's it's this awful footage. If you see these guys cowering next to a rock, going, "Please, I just want to go back to Moscow and be with my mum," and you just next thing you see a little grenade drop down, and the Done. guy's gone. It's like so. Drone technology is now getting so grotesquely personal. Yeah, sophisticated. It's, but it's but well, not it's, unsophisticated. But it's also it's personal, but yet it's not personal. I think that that's kind of the issue. The, the because because you're not really facing that person. You're sitting in a room. The interesting thing was a it was a piece of footage of a young guy. He wouldn't have been more than nineteen, twenty years yeah. old, right? He's a kid, right? He's sitting there. He's got a set of virtual reality goggles on. He's got. It was basically a, a, an iPad. Yep, yep. He's sitting there and you see him controlling and then they cut to the footage from the iPad or f- the footage from the drone and you see him drop this thing down into it. Like they see these guys scurry into a bunker. Then he drops this thing literally through a hole in the top of the bunker and boom, whatever is in there, not just the, the, the grenade, but there was obviously ammunition in there and it cooked off. Yeah. Right. The guy just – then it cuts back to the guy who rips the goggles off and he's pumping his fists and the first thing that reminded me of was my son playing Fortnite. Already player one. Yeah. I, look, it's definitely – it's definitely created jobs for our children who are on PS5s. That's the thing. You know, we all sat there looking at our kids playing, their, you know, on PlayStation playing COD going, yep. oh, you'll never, you know, this is ridiculous. Like, guys, they've they got a job. Like this the good the ones, this is the future yep. of war. But when it comes down, basically with Pine Gap, it ain't going anywhere. No, I think we need it. Yeah. Well, um, for, it's, it's one of those necessary evils. Yep. You're a necessary evil. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, but I'm a nice evil. Are you little?